Chapter 18 of Nature's Miracles Familiar Talks in Science, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Stephanie Lee. Familiar Talks on Science by Elisha Gray. Chapter 18 Liquid Air. Air, like water, assumes the liquid form at a certain temperature water boils and vaporizes at two hundred twelve degrees fahrenheit above zero while liquid air boils and vaporizes at three hundred twelve degrees below zero heat and cold are practically relative terms although scientists talk about an absolute zero the point of no heat and professor dewar fixes this point at four hundred sixty one degrees fahrenheit below zero others have estimated that the force of the moon during its long night of half a month is reduced in temperature to six or seven hundred degrees below which is far lower than Professor Dewar's absolute zero. However this may be, to an animal that is designed to live in a temperature of 70 or 80 degrees Fahrenheit, any temperature below zero would seem very cold. If, however, we were adapted to a climate where the normal temperature was 312 degrees Fahrenheit below zero, we should be severely burned if we should sit down upon a cake of ice. Such a climate would be impossible for animal existence, for the reason that there would be no air to breathe, since it would all liquefy. Liquid air is not a natural product. There is no place on our earth cold enough to produce it. If the moon had an atmosphere, which it probably has not, it would liquefy during the long lunar night, for heat radiates very rapidly from a planet when the sun's rays are withdrawn from it. As you have already surmised, liquid air is a product of intense cold. Any method that will reduce the temperature of the air to 312 degrees Fahrenheit below zero will liquefy it. Great pressure will not do this, for we may compress air in a strong vessel until the pressure on every square inch of the vessel is 12,000 pounds, or 6 tons, and still it will not liquefy unless the temperature is brought down to the required degree of coldness. If this is done, it will change from a gas to a liquid, but will occupy as much space as before if it is condensed to a pressure of 6 tons to the square inch. Until 20 years ago, it was supposed that oxygen and atmospheric air the latter a mixture of oxygen and nitrogen, were fixed gases and could not be liquefied. In 1877 it is said that Raoul Pictet obtained the first liquid oxygen, but only a few drops. About 15 years later Professor Dewar of the Royal Institution, London, succeeded in liquefying not only oxygen but atmospheric air. And besides liquefying the air, he made ice of it. In 1892 I visited London, where I met Professor Dewar, who invited me to witness an exhibition of the manufacture of liquid oxygen, and incidentally liquid air, at the Royal Institution. To me it was a most wonderfully interesting event. I saw air, taken from the room, gradually liquefy in a small glass test tube open at the top. When the tube was withdrawn from the refrigerating chamber it boiled by the heat of the room and rapidly evaporated. We lighted a splinter of wood and blew it out, leaving a live spark on the end of it, and held it over the mouth of the tube knowing that if anything like pure oxygen were evaporating, the splinter would relight and blaze. An old experiment with oxygen gas. At first the splinter would not relight, because the evaporating gases were a mixture of oxygen and nitrogen in the proportions to form air. But owing to the fact that nitrogen evaporates sooner than oxygen, a second trial was successful, for the splinter immediately began to blaze, showing that the gas evaporating then was pure or nearly pure oxygen. 
when the liquid oxygen was poured into a saucer and brought into proximity with the poles of a powerful magnet the liquid immediately rushed out of the saucer and clung to the magnet poles showing that oxygen is magnetic since that time other experimenters have succeeded in making liquid air on a comparatively large scale and the process is simple when we consider some of the old methods mr tripler of new york who has made liquid air in great quantities does it substantially as follows first he compresses air to about twenty five hundred pounds to the square inch of course the air is very hot when it is first compressed because all the air in the tank has been reduced in bulk about a hundred and sixty six times and all the heat that was in the whole bulk of air is concentrated into one one sixty six of the space it occupied before it was compressed it is one hundred sixty six times hotter there are two sets of pipes running from the compressor to a long upright tank called the liquefier these pipes pass through running water so that the compressed air is quickly cooled down to the temperature of the water about fifty degrees fahrenheit the pipes at least one side of them run the whole length of the liquefier and most likely are coiled this set of pipes contains the air to be liquefied a second set of pipes runs to the bottom of the liquefier where there is a valve by opening this valve a jet of compressed air is allowed to play on the other set of pipes when intense cold is produced by the sudden expansion of the air this cold air rushes up around the pipe containing the air to be liquefied and escapes at the top thus absorbing the heat until the temperature is reduced to three hundred twelve degrees below zero then the air liquefies and runs into a receptacle where it may be drawn off at pleasure it will be seen that a large part of the compressed air is wasted in cooling the remainder sufficiently to liquefy the use to which liquid air may be put advantageously is an unsolved problem but no doubt it will have a place in time all great discoveries do electricity had to wait a long time for recognition but what a part it plays now in the everyday life of the whole civilized world curious effects are produced by this intense cold meat may be frozen so hard that it will give off a musical tone when struck here is a pointer for the seeker of novelties in the line of musical instruments liquid air furnishes a beautiful illustration of the fact that a burning gas jet is continually forming water as well as giving out heat and light if we put liquid air into a tea kettle and hold it over a gas jet ice will form on the bottom from the water created by the flame and it will freeze so hard that the flame will make no impression upon it other than to make the ice cake grow larger although liquid air is not found in nature and is therefore called an artificial product it is produced by taking advantage of natural law without the intellect of man it never would have been seen upon this earth and the same may be said concerning many things in our world both animate and inanimate the genius of man is godlike he lifts the veil that shrouds the mysteries of nature and here he comes in very touch with the mind of the infinite man interprets this thought through the medium of natural law and lo a new product how much life would have been robbed of its charm and interest if all these things had been worked out for us from the beginning for there is no interest so absorbing and no pleasure so keen as that of pursuit when the pursuer is reaching out after the hidden things that are locked up in nature's great storehouse from time to time she yields up her secrets little by little to encourage those who love her and are willing to work not only for the pleasure of the getting but for the highest and best good of their fellows end of chapter eighteen